Welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere with your host, Chris Parker. And welcome back to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere. This is Chris Parker, and I am having a conversation with Shimala Priaga, who is the vision lead for voice assistance, I believe in autonomous vehicles for one of the world's largest automotive manufacturers. I will have to preface that the conversation is her own opinion. And so we might not even mention the name of the automotive manufacturer. However, her work there is incredibly important. I was in touch with Shimala from John Stein from the OVN, basically with the question of how can voice help people with disabilities, for example, vision impaired. And Shimala has been kind enough to join me from well, nearby Detroit, at least in Michigan today. Um, And I'm really, really looking forward to the conversation. So uh, Shamala, thank you for joining. And can you share with us a bit on what do you do and why are you doing what you do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So uh, my name is Shamla Priyaga. And uh, like you mentioned, you know, I am uh, the voice interaction lead uh, here in an autonomous company. So uh, I mean, voice has been my passion for a very long time. So I started in the voice like uh, in 2012 uh, because of uh, a capstone, because of a project I was working on. And that's when I realized the potential of voice. And I have been, you know, I love talking with people. I love interacting with them. I love solving complex problems. And what else could be complex than a voice interaction or voice design? So that is why I picked voice as my, uh, you know, speciality, I would say. And then uh, I like to evangelize a lot, uh, especially when it comes to user experience, design and voice experiences in general. So I also started my own academy called Voice Digital Assistant Academy, where we train and certify people for voice interaction design. And I also have my own podcast like yours. It's an educational one called The Future is Spoken, where, uh, you know, I'm trying to bring in experts from different industries uh, who are focusing mainly on voice and then talking about the different elements of it. I love it. And we will put links to all that in the, in the show notes um, so people can find uh, your podcast and your page and the academy there as well. Um, you mentioned you like solving complex problems. Why? So I would love to dive deeper into, because voice is an, is an emerging and an extremely complex problem. What is it that has attracted you to complexity? <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's in my DNA. When okay. I was three years old, I would... Uh, you know, disassemble the entire radio system and would try to fix it back. Just try. I was curious, always curious, like, how does this work? Like, why is the sound coming? And where is it coming from? And all of those things. I would try to break it and I would try to see all the different parts and then try to fix it back. So part of it is, you know, by birth, I have this curiosity. And the other is my engineering mindset is always on, (laughs) which makes me curious about things. And uh, that is one of the reasons why, you know, I like uh, solving complex problems. And the other thing is there are so many untouched areas when it comes to any kind of design. So my interest uh, to solve complex problems started when uh, I think ATMs were launched many, many, many years back in India. And it was very difficult back then just to get into the ATM and try to withdraw money. There was a different kind of psych or I would say people would have some sort of worry when they were trying to withdraw. And I saw 
that first hand with my mom and dad they were like you know i would rather go to the bank and withdraw the money i'm not withdrawing money from here so i tried understanding why is this happening what is the problem here like why people are not very comfortable and there were too many things you know like okay when you enter the card you know uh, sometimes it doesn't give you confirmations and it was all over the place back then so i saw a lot of the things which helped me get very closer to the human psychology aspects of things and i realized how complex things could be and in order to simplify them we need to have a different mindset and that is where you know solving complex problems or my strong interaction design came out and i was like okay how can i simplify these things so that anyone irrespective of age ability and situation is able to use those nice and when we're talking about voice and and maybe a lot of people listening to this are not familiar with what we're actually even talking about because we're speaking with our voices um can you give your introduction to what is voice and the second question which will come after that is why is that complex so but first what is voice and so people can orient on what we're actually talking about so uh there are different kind of interactions right we got used to interacting with our smartphones and uh, uh, web- websites were there then mobile phone came and all of these things came so voice has always been there we we are you know like we started speaking when we were kids so voice is very natural to us in most scenarios unless there's a person who has some disability right voice is the most natural modality so there has always been an effort in the industry like how can we make it simple for anyone to be able to use the interface with their voice and uh, that is where and when uh, 2012 siri was launched where you can do all sorts of things using your voice commands you can say play music or find me a starbucks or any kind of things you can call a point of interest so all sorts of things you were able to do through voice the actual revolution happened when amazon launched alexa right because uh, now they introduced a completely different technology smart speaker far field technology and people were able to use it speak with it and do all sorts of things and lot more than what uh, siri was able to do and since then you know the uh, revolution has evolved there are many more companies in this industry the space is, uh, the space is getting very crowded as well so i would say it's just another modality to interact with any kind of technology or any kind of things right and, and why is that complex because it sounds because i i speak with with siri and and that seems pretty uh pretty pretty linear and i can i can ask uh questions and i get answers that uh, doesn't seem complex i'm asking very facetiously so why why is this a complex world that needs to be solved so there are two parts to it one is the experience part of things and the other is the technology part of things what you are encountering is the experience right so the, a lot has gone into the technology to make that experience seamless for you so you are able to talk with it as if you're talking to a human being but behind the scene there are too many things first and foremost it is a machine it is an artificial intelligent system which is understanding what you have said speech recognition system is complex because there are multiple parts to it the moment you speak something your spoken words needs to be converted into a machine readable format and once that is done the machine needs to then interpret your meaning like what did you say so if you said find me a starbucks right so first it is converted into a machine readable format and then the system is trying to understand like okay what does that mean what is starbucks right and then 
trying to give you a response so the natural language understanding piece is what does that understanding tries to find the intent of what you said and then uh, a lot goes even there and then after that it goes to the fulfillment logic tries to find that starbuck it needs to know your location information all sorts of thing in order to get you the response and once that is done then it has to again send you back the response because your original modality was speech it has to respond back in speech so then the machine readable a response is converted into text through the text to speech engines and then uh, you know like uh, it is uh, said to you or it is uh, spoken back to you so that is what happens in a very nutshell i would say but then in order to there are uh, first of all we all humans speak so differently you have a different accent i have a different accent i have a different slang i have different pronunciations it's the same and that kind of changes the moment we start thinking about people from different regions different religions different demographics that that kind of keeps changing and even the languages we speak so many different languages i am a trilingual myself so i speak multiple languages so and there are many people who will be like that and if uh, the system needs to be able to understand all of the different languages there's a lot of data which needs to go into that system and we need to train that system that okay this is spanish this is english or whatever the language the user is speaking the same thing when we talk about the natural language understanding the moment you say something how will it know you meant uh, you want to find a starbucks or something like that there are many ways the same thing could be said right you can say find me on your bus starbucks or you can say i want coffee or you can say like uh, something completely else right but your mm. intent is the same you still want a coffee shop which where you can get your coffee now how does the system understand people can talk in whatever way they want so there is a natural language piece where we have to train the system with all the different kind of utterances and say like okay all of these things means this intent and uh, that again is a lot of training you need to constantly keep training the system like okay these are the things which map to this and then comes the text to speech with uh, the evolution of and thanks to the media like uh, tony stark's movies or any movies you know the uh, definition of assistant has completely changed people want a more human like assistant right so you cannot have a completely robotic text to speech so now there's a lot of effort which is going in order to make the text to speech also human like where you can have emotions you can have different kind of variations to speech the pitch the tone and all of those things as well even for the response so um, a lot of work goes there as well a lot of data collection happens you have to ha- hire a voice actor and do a lot of recording and train the system so the complete backbone of the voice recognition system is artificial intelligence and lot of training which goes into training all of these different engines and that is why it is complex because it's it's a constant learning process it's it's um it is it, it definitely complex and in in your world i'd like to you know, i think combine two fascinating emerging worlds that there's the voice assistants and autonomous vehicles and i was reading as i went through click through uh, linkedin and i think you were you were interviewed by forbes or somehow you it was a forbes article that was really you know talking about why is voice even related to autonomous vehicles um uh, can you speak to that a, a bit like like why why yeah. is this even a thing absolutely so i like to call it this way and i always talk about this thing when vehicle becomes the driver voice becomes the companion so when you are in a world where there is nothing else you are not driving you are in the car and there's complete silence you will be so you know uh, 
I mean, you'll be siloed in first place. You will have a lot of questions. You will have a lot of concerns. So you would naturally want to talk with something and want to get some information. It could be a customer care agent. You may want to constantly call them and ask them like, okay, what's happening? Tell me this, tell me that. Or it could be any any other thing. And that is where, you know, voice becomes your companion. So digital assistants and voice assistants will play a very prominent role to answer your, your questions or guide you or give you proactive information or just give you the information about what's happening in your surrounding and all of those things. So uh, that is why uh, it is a very important use case. At home, you have convenience, right? At home, you have your, your smartphones, you have all sorts of things. And, you know, it's your comfort place. You are in a place which you know in and out. But in an autonomous car, first of all, it's so completely new space for you. You don't know that car. You don't know the controls. Maybe even if you know, it may change depending on which company you are, uh, which car you have, which autonomous car you have, Right. Uh, and you're not riding. Most of these uh, cars are like you're just sitting there. It's like your living room. And in order for you to get comfortable there, there has to be something which will make you comfortable. And it is just voice. I can, I can imagine with the, the increased adoption of voice at home. So people are more even more familiar with that sort of modality and you know way of interacting um, than when they're sitting actually in a moving living room or a moving room of an autonomous vehicle. That will be a, a very natural I remember for myself, it was in 2011. Um, I was at Singularity University and I was able to sit in a Google car. And I think back then it was on a Toyota chassis, but it was just all of this equipment everywhere, you know, and it was, and it was just, okay, this wasn't a very cozy room at that point. But as autonomous vehicles have progressed, these are, these are, are really comfortable spaces that sort of, I, I think, engender in, in natural home-like feelings and interactions. So I can, I can totally see that. And um, so can, can I ask, when will I be able to have a fully autonomous voice enabled vehicle to drive me to the store? <laughs> so uh, fully autonomous are like level fives. Yeah. It will take a couple of more years, at mm. least a decade before we can say that the vehicles are level five. Mm. We are with level four right now, right? Level four vehicles will be out pretty soon in like next two or three years. But they are—they will be geofenced. Like you will be able to go in a specific location. They will not mm. be like, okay, just drive me whatever and wherever freely. That will take a lot more time because again, similar to how voices autonomous again is a very complex space in first place. A lot of training needs to be done to understand your surroundings, your roads, your everything. And even the driving patterns, which kind of changes and then, you know, freeway driving is different than your street driving and all of those things. And uh, these systems are constantly learning. It will definitely take a lot more time. Uh, but yeah, the voice with level four is pretty uh, coming pretty soon. Mm, I love it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, can't, can't wait, actually. Um, if, we, if we turn the page and come back to the sort of the, the original uh, purpose of this, which is voice for, you call it the disabled or in particular uh, vision impaired. Um, as, as I shared before, I have a family mem member who has macular degeneration. And, and, and essentially what that means is her eyesight is slowly decaying really from the, the middle out. So, so and, you know, without me knowing all the science behind it, apparently it's just slowly her in the front of her field of vision, it becomes blurry and then dark, but then she still has sort of this, you know, side awareness, which as you can imagine is frustrating and scary and, and um, yeah, it makes it hard to live. And, um, and through my work with the open voice network um, that also just sparked the thought of, Hey, 
smart people must have been thinking about how voice assistants can help people with this type of, of situation. So um, what what is your vision on how voice can help uh, people with, with uh, uh, disabilities like that? Yeah, so I spoke to a lot of people uh, for making more inclusive self-driving vehicles, uh, especially for the voice. And uh, I spoke to a lot of people who have a vision impairment, either they are completely blind or partially blind. And what I have heard is they are already using voice. Voice has already helped them a lot and made it convenient for them to interact with the system day in and day out. If you are using your smartphones, right, then you need to have some sort of screen reader in order to interact with it, uh, especially if the person has some kind of uh, vision impairment. But with voice, it's very natural. It's very natural way to speak. But then there are disabilities which are not linear, right? Disability comes in bundles. It doesn't come as a single disability. So some people are there who are blind but can speak. Some people are there who are blind and cannot speak or hear as well. And some people can speak but cannot hear. So there are variations of things which can happen in this kind of world. So first and foremost thing is, I would like to break it into multiple parts. One is the use case itself and how voice helps people. And the second thing uh, would be, you know, like all the different kind of things which we can do to enable uh, people with disability. So when I look at uh, use cases, there are a lot of things outside of just playing music or uh, just uh, getting some information, which is crucial for many people, especially when they have any kind of uh, vision impairment. These things become so important for them like I want to listen to music now I don't have to interact with the phone or anything I can just say play this music which is very natural way of interacting right and then there are things like home automation system there are these companies are working on something called routines uh, Amazon has routine where if you have a specific routine every day like you know morning you get up and you open your blinds and start, turn your coffee maker and then you want to listen to some music and then whatever is your routine, you want to listen to the weather forecast or a news or something like that. Now you don't have to do that all manually. You can all combine them together and create a routine and say like, hey, uh, good morning, Alexa. And she knows like you wanted to play its morning, uh, your morning, morning routine. The same thing you can do for night or whatever your schedule is. Now with home security system, and home automation system, there's so much more comfort you can uh, have. You can just sit on the light or you don't have to walk and you don't have to find your switches where it is and all of those things. So voice provides you that kind of comfort and flexibility. And especially now with ring camera, it's more, you know, voice has proven to be very, very uh I would say like uh, useful for people who are in their older age or adult, or like older population or people who are disabled to a certain extent, not all disabilities, right? So uh, now they are also integrating with your third party apps like uh, Alexa is integrated with the ring cameras. So what that means is uh, now you don't have to look at your ring app to know who's outside. You can just ask Alexa, like Alexa, who's out there? And, uh, you know, just talk with them and understand. So there's a safety aspect of things as well where voice assistants are helping, right? So uh, all of these, these are great use cases to have. And I think that is how voice assistants are helping. I know a person who has cerebral palsy and he is uh, preparing for uh, his newborn, uh, you know, like his baby in a couple of uh, days, I guess now. It was like weeks before he told me. So, um, or maybe I don't know if, 
you know he's already here <laughs> but then this person cannot bend this person cannot uh, walk and has uh, one of his hand is completely weak but he still wants to interact with the baby still want to hold the baby or you know have that uh, uh closeness or uh, you know comfort for the baby so what they have done is he's a geek he created entire cradle uh you know however with the help of people and he created the cradle which is completely automated and he can using the voice he can say raise the cradle or you know lower it or whatever you want to do or you know they also have some lights in there so you know just for the babies uh, like if they want the baby to play with some toys or something he had actually automated the entire room for the baby in preparation of the baby with all of these kind of things so imagine like you know even people who are disabled are able to use uh, technology are able to live a better life with these kind of things so that's what voice is doing and there are a lot more use cases untapped or untouched use cases which we still have to discover where i see voice being a very good place especially when someone is um, traveling out or uh, uh, you know are on their own and if there is some sos or any such things voice is not yet there to uh give that information or you know like uh, seek emergency or find emergency and stuffs there there's a lot which can be done given the technology is maturing variables are there and so many things are there we can definitely mature this a lot so that is from the use, uh, use case standpoint now the second thing which i was talking about is the technology itself now not everyone is same right Uh, there will be people who have partial impairment or uh, full vision impairment there may be people who are like cerebral palsy right i have spoken to so many people who are like who have mix of disabilities it's not just one so now how does a voice assistant help for those kind of things there are so many things which can be done right now the far field technology is great for any person who cannot walk or who cannot uh, you know like uh, go there and touch the interface and all that is all great but then what i see is uh, that's just some population of people who have a smart speaker and who are using it but then many people would use their smartphone so your smartphone should be voice enabled or you should have apps voice overs are great i wouldn't say like they're not great there are uh, things you can do through that even if you have smart speakers i feel like smart speakers should have tactile surfaces like braille language in the lifts right so that i know where's the mute button i know where's the call button if i'm sitting close to my smart speakers which i don't see happening immediately but maybe something companies have to start thinking about that screens can have tactile surfaces too right now it's all screen readers now screen readers may not be possible technically in all the use cases for example it's little tricky if you are trying to design something completely new especially like in autonomous or any automotive ivi systems like the in vehicle infotainment systems um there are different operating systems we use so if it is let's say for example non android they may not have the screen reader capability so now how do you design that so tactile uh, surfaces would be better because now i can see i don't need uh, something which uh, needs to speak back to me it's always great to have that because i'm able to hear and uh, give feedback so those kind of things are also great then um, also you know like subtitles and uh, those captionings those are great like maybe it is not great for people who cannot see but it is great for people who cannot see and cannot hear 
right mm. you can still uh, so there's a variation there are assistive technologies out there which is helping in all the different ways to the user uh, to help them out like a combination of things with braille or with uh, the other kind of haptic feedbacks like vibrations or the chimes or things like that just giving the user some sort of information like constantly giving them feedback of what is happening so there is a lot which can be done in this space some of those i think companies are doing but there are many areas which are yet to be touched it it's definitely um again coming back to that sort of evolving and complex nature of it i like how you started with uh first the use case and i'm thinking about my family member is is that's probably the best place to start to find out what is the situation what are the limitations and what are the things that she's trying to achieve that she's struggling with and then from there look at the technology and then see what uh what to do um and you know because she's a mac user and uh and a, a, a google device has recently uh um arrived in her in her home thank you to thanks to my brother and she's learning how to how to you know speak through through google um and yeah then you also i think made an excellent point about connecting it to smart home technology so then you know as long as those things are you know somewhat compatible then she can start finding her own well, her own human routines on how to get things done. So is that sort of how you would recommend people to jump into this? Or is there a, you know, if, if people have a, a, a loved one that could benefit from this, where would they, where would they start? So um, Amazon and Google are really working on, you know, great accessibility features. So definitely I would say like uh, having voice is a very useful thing, you know, whether it is a far field technology, like smart, uh, smart speakers, or it is a one on your smartphone, whichever it is. Now, uh, the most important thing is why, see, uh, what I will say is, uh, even as a normal human being, we go through different phases in our life and depression hits us at some point. You know, although we are perfect, we may find like, okay, my life sucks or, you know, this is not great and things like that. So think about a person who has some kind of like, the moment they know like they are losing something, when someone is born disabled, it's a different thing because they learn to live with it throughout their uh, life and they come to terms with it. But what hits the most is people who are disabled, you know, after seeing the entire world, like they have seen the world, they know what, and all of a sudden something like this happens, like accident happened. And I know a person who completely lost his like hands and legs and then is in completely artificial uh, you know, uh, he hmm. has like artificial hands and legs, like prosthetics, or uh, has completely lost vision. So for those people, it's really difficult to even come out of that mental state in first place. So voice assistants can definitely help in a lot of ways. And voice assistants are also learning. What I would say is if someone is looking for improving their loved one's life who has any kind of disability, they should definitely be looking at voice for sure. They should be looking at what is the goal and how it can help you. From basic things like, uh, and even, you know, like digital illiteracy is also uh, illiteracy, you know, is a kind of disability. And many people like in the older generation are like that who don't know how to interact with a digital uh, interface like my mom right mm. or my dad was so many people are like that as well and voice is so helpful for them so i would say uh, start using voice start creating your own routines and start making 
routines it's not just that you know you can connect to any smart system so there are like some plugs which are compatible with your smart speakers try to get those speakers even the blinds also have some sensors and you know mm. blinds comes with those uh, uh, compatibility there are so many voice compatible devices nowadays you can have those things in place it may be a little bit of investment but i would say like it can uh, make an a disabled person's life more more comfortable and independent because i know one thing for sure that the moment someone is my my dad during his last years you know he used to fall all the time all the time and uh, maybe part of the reason was because his legs were completely weak mm. and then uh, we were like dad let me let us get you a wheelchair we got a wheelchair for him he would never sit because he would not agree or come to terms that you know i'm i'm di- getting disabled so he never did that and uh, he would you know like neither the cane or the walking supporter or anything he never used any of those things and then also that is what happens they you know they don't want to come in terms with those things and we need to really make a very subtle kind of transition which doesn't feel like this is going to assist you with your disability but this is a companion which is going to be with you so there has to be a subtle way of uh, you know like introducing those things to people who are uh, disabled uh, outstanding and and the 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 things i was hoping to discover that you've been sharing i appreciate so much and i'm hoping that others listening that um, th- they themselves might have a disability or they have a loved one or friend or otherwise that have a disability, then I-, I love how you said this instead of maybe helping them and maybe positioning that as, as, I don't know, there's a lot of emotions and psychology in there, but then to come in and really as an assistant. So this will, this will help you. And I, I really believe it can be life-changing, you know, that if people are, are confident to go do something or perhaps they've they had um, given up on certain aspects of life that they can you know regain through some of this technology which is becoming more and more accessible so definitely definitely and soon voice enabled vehicles we've heard in the next uh, you know couple of years for level level four and then uh, maybe a decade for level five very very much looking forward to that um, thank you so much for joining I, I will include in in the show notes um, a lot of links to also your your, your podcast, which is called The Future is Spoken. Um, and so I'll check that out as well, um, at least also to your, your own website, uh, where there's a lot of other information and, and you are um, an avid speaker as part of a, you know, the visionary role that you play. Um, and I think I can still find that the Forbes article and put that in there. So thank you so much for joining. I really, really appreciate it. And um, last thing for me, this is part of the Open Voice Network series. So I'll put a link to that as well in the show notes because there's uh, um, John Stein, the executive director of the OVN has told the vision of that. And uh, that's how we have come into contact, which I really appreciate. So Shamala, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player and download the Simplicity Kit from ebullient.com.